let's get started with this review. This is uh, Ambulance, directed by Michael Bay. So, welcome to What Do You Think? I'm Al. I'm C. Uh, C, are, are you a... What are your thoughts on Michael Bay? Let's start with that. So, I think Michael Bay has a lot of... He, he is one of the greatest cinematographers. He really is. And I truly mean it. He can shoot things in such a way that it are pretty incredible when you think about it. But he's so good at it that he's kind of developed a Michael Bay style. And we all know what that looks like. Basically, it was propelled forward, you know, really from Armageddon onward, I think. Um, but I would say he's, you know, he, I'll put it this way. He's once quoted as saying that every movie, no matter the genre, needs a car race of some kind. I think you mean car chase. Or car chase, yes. Okay, okay. I'm so I actually love Michael Bay movies. Um believe it or not, I saw my first Michael Bay movie in two thousand and seven. I, I I was I was a young kid and um all I knew is that so, well, okay. So I was a young kid, and I was staying at my cousin's house, and uh, I was bored. And we had all uh, gotten we we had all made plans to go see the original Transformers or the the original two thousand seven transform live action Transformers. But that was going to be later in the day. I was bored out of my mind, and for some odd reason, I seemed to know that the, I I knew that the director's name was Michael Bay. And I'm looking at like these, uh, I'm looking at like the stack of VHSs, and in one of them was Armageddon. And I was like, oh, I, I, let me, let me check out this movie so that I know what to expect when, when we go see Transformers. And I popped it in and I fell in love with it. It was, <laughs> I was kind of into space at the time. So it was like a space movie mixed with an 80s action movie led by, Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck and I finally understood why Liv Tyler was considered one of the most beautiful actresses working at the time <laughs> I, I loved it and I immediately that hyped me up for Transformers I was like oh my god if Transformers is like this I'm gonna go crazy and it Transformers lived up to the hype it was my favorite movie of that summer and I immediately told my parents, "Ooh, I want to do shit like that. I, I, I want to make movies like that. To which my father promptly said, oh, God, I hope you're good at it because there is no money in that if you're mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so Michael Bay became very near and dear to my heart. I immediately started watching anything that had his name in it. Uh, I like before Armageddon, I had seen I had seen bits and pieces of the original Bad Boys and I saw Bad Boys 2 in its entirety. Uh, I saw Bad Boys 2, uh, Pearl Harbor, The Rock, you know. And, and here was the crazy thing. As a kid, I found no problem with any of them, even Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, then I go to film school and I realize Michael Bay is not considered... Uh, a god. Well, no. Michael Bay is not considered someone you you basically put on your list of like inspirational artists sure but to, to... you're what, what i love about it for you uh, for you al is that 
the context that you discovered him is very different than I think the way a lot of people discovered him. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. That's very true. So I was I was a bit of a contrarian asshole uh, in film school. I pretty much defended Michael Bay like like vehemently. Uh, kind of like some sort of weird acolyte <laughs> like like that man probably like this is how far my Michael Bay fandom went uh, when he was shooting uh, Transformers 3 Dark Side of the Moon it was in Chicago and I basically begged my my cousins to go with me so we could see them shoot like a big scene in downtown Chicago and when we got there uh, Michael Bay just turns in the general direction of like this group of people that are watching like this this big set piece be set up and he just turns on his um, bullhorn and goes do you guys want to see an explosion and literally if it it was like he was talking to me personally (laughs) I was I was so like like excited I was like oh my god Michael Bay's talking to me the, the guy probably didn't even see me <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and and you know explosion happens and I I basically came all over my pants let's just mm-hmm. leave it at that <laughs> but uh but no I, I I grew I grew to love him and consider him an inspiration and you know it's funny how life works uh, after college you know and kind of like being exposed to other f- other filmmakers you know like because that, that's the thing about film school You'll, you're going to get exposed to a bunch of filmmakers you've never heard of or never would think to watch right that that's mm-hmm. kind of the that's kind of one of the main ideas besides teaching you how to turn on a fucking camera mm-hmm. and while michael bay i've never like turned my opinion on michael bay i i was able to see the criticisms that people had with him and mm-hmm. while i accepted them up to a point even i was like transformers 5 is too much even the it, it's too much um i i really like understood why people had a problem with him but that's when 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 everything clicked like more so like when he seemed to and i know this is a weird sounding thing when, when he seemed to focus like he did with the benghazi film whose name escapes me i think it was like 100... 13 13 hours 13 hours that's what's called 13 hours because I, I, yeah. I, I i every time i reference that movie people are like 127 hours no that's that's a dave franco film directed that's by danny where, boyle yeah that's the one where the guy loses his arm wrong yeah, movie yeah no no kidding so so uh so 13 hours pain and gain um do you i have to ask do you understand the critic you said you understand the criticism and you mentioned transformers 5 do you understand the criticism behind pearl harbor I do. I do understand the criticism behind Pearl Harbor. Um, I would say this. I think the, I think all the critiques people have against that movie, they should direct towards the writer whose name escapes me. It was the, it was the writer of Braveheart and the writer director of, of, of We Were Soldiers, I believe. Oh, okay. I, I that forget that. Gen- I, I forget that gentleman's name. Famous mm-hmm. writer, obviously. Uh, works with Mel Gibson was known mm-hmm. to create you know these very sentimental movies and he wrote in fact let me let me look it up one second folks uh, give me one sec did he write it for Mel Gibson originally no no Pearl I I, I don't know okay Randall Wallace that's his name so Randall Wallace again is the screen is a Hollywood screenwriter uh, famous for again Braveheart we were soldiers uh, Secretariat and he wrote Pearl Harbor, and he's the only credited writer on Pearl Harbor. And mm-hmm. all the critiques I've ever heard people have on Pearl Harbor had to do with the story. And mm-hmm. I, I would always tell people, well, 
if you have a problem with the story, then you have a problem with Randall Wallace, not necessarily Michael Bay. Even though, hey, I, I think even Michael Bay would accept that that the directing actor's part or the, the directing and performance part of the job is not his strong suit. He's yeah. a visualist. He is. And you could certainly agree that you need good performances and good visuals in a movie like that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I Again, I totally understand. Pearl Harbor, like, listen, a lot of people call Pearl Harbor the worst World War II movie ever made. No, no it's not. No, it's not. No, yeah, I, I disagree. I think there are a lot worse films out oh, there. I already have one that's the worst. Um, uh, a mutual friend, of, our mutual friend Jay and I, we went through a war movie marathon and we watched Flags of Our Fathers, which we have since nicknamed Flags for Dads. It is, in my opinion... And it is one of the worst war movies ever made. It's really bad. No, yeah, I, I, and I would agree with you. Um, but kind of circling back to Michael Bay, yes, uh, I think we can both agree that Michael Bay works best when his scripts aren't so, does don't have such a gigantic scope. I think because here's the thing: Michael Bay is going to add scope because that's his style. His style is bombastic. His style is we need to make everything awesome. To quote the uh, the Verizon the Verizon uh, commercial he did many years ago. Oh right, with the explosion, the exploding yeah. pool and all that. He his visions are always gigantic. They're always larger than life. So when you give him a script that already has a large scope, it just becomes unwieldy. But as you guys will see when we talk about ambulance, when you give him kind of a Spartan, kind of Walter Hill type script that is to the point, is lean, like like preferably not over 90 90 pages mm -hmm. uh i think that's when you get uh that's when you get michael bay at his best so without further ado let's uh let's watch the trailer and then let's go on with our review absolutely i'm sorry brother I'm sorry that i brought you into this i just wanted things to be the way they used to be <laughs> That's my brother, Will. I could use some help. My wife needs this surgery. This is real life. How's that right? You put your life down on the line for this country? You leave your family, your home? How much do you need? 231. How about more? 32 million. I need an extra man. I came to you for a loan. Look, have I ever gotten you anything that I couldn't get you out of? It's time for you to do something for your family. What can I do you for, officer? We're just doing a transfer in the back. I'll let uh, you in in 20 minutes. Uh, if I could just get it done real quick, because I'm on the clock, promise not to rob the place. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, because that would be bad for my job. Okay. <laughs> I promise. All right, okay. All right, all okay. right, come all on. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 uh. Let's go, D. You are all going to have the greatest story to tell at dinner tonight. Get out! Don't shoot a cop! Lock everything down. Nothing gets out. All the leaves are brown. Stop! Get out! What do you want? I'm just gonna borrow it. I got a cop shot. I gotta get him to the hospital. I'm gonna need you to help us. Why don't you help us? We're doing hostages now. We're not crashing into this ambulance. We got a brother cop on board. 
Do you have EMT experience? Combat three eyes. You're a soldier? Yeah. We are trying to save you. One, two, three. Hey! Don't you move! You think you're so tough with that gun? No, Danny, relax! I gotta get back to my wife and my son. Does your wife know you're up, Banks? We're not the bad guys. We're just the guys trying to get home. We don't get to walk off into the sunset! Danny, everybody knows how dangerous you are. Do you? You get your helos out of here now! I'm gonna get you back home, little brother. I'm gonna get everybody home. solid yeah so um what so see i I guess let's start with you um what was what are kind of your initial thoughts on the film so before i get into my thoughts there is one little fact about the film and actually ironically the scripts since we were talking about scripts earlier and writers uh this script actually ended up on the famed blacklist oh actually see um that was my mistake the writer wrote a script that was on the blacklist and yeah so that was my mistake guys i i told c something that i it was like i i miss misremembered uh this little trivia fact so the script actually is based off of a danish film that is also called ambulance and fun fact that film's only 80 minutes long. So the writer um, who is, I, uh, let me find his name. Cause you know, I, I like to credit people who, who make things, you know, good yeah. or bad. Uh, the writer, uh, Chris Fidak, uh, I hope that's, I said his name correctly. He mm-hmm. has a script on the blacklist. I can't seem to find what, what it, what it is particularly, mm-hmm. but when he signed on to this, it was to uh, adapt a Danish screenplay written by uh, Lauritz Munch Peterson and Lars Andreas Peterson, I, I guess. Okay. Oh, so, um, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, this is an adaptation of a, of a Danish film that is, I believe, half as long as, as this Michael Bay flick. Wow. Well, then going back to my thoughts on it. Um, overall, this was a tight film, really. Like, it, like like a Michael Bay movie, it was really high on the adrenaline. But this movie was actually very good at bringing you on that wavelength. It didn't smack you in the face. It revved up the engine and you got excited for it. So I got to give credit there. I also have to admit that Jake Gyllenhaal, you can tell he had so much fun doing this role because he really... It edges on Hammy, but in the fun way. And it really works. So with that being said, though, this movie, it, it is what it is. It's a heist movie with a bit of a unique angle. That it's these two guys driving an ambulance so that the cops don't mess with them while they're trying to get away. And they've got a cop that they shot on board try, with the EMT trying to save their life. So it's kind of this like, 
it's this engine waiting to combust and you're just waiting for it to all happen but you're enjoying the whole ride mainly because this script allows michael bay to play into his strengths without noticing the faults because as mentioned earlier this script is incredibly lean and tight so it kind of war it allows michael bay to do his thing so i gotta say this movie it's a movie if we're using our metro our scale system but it's a good movie um all right so like like c said and i agree the the script is is very lean very tight and the only thing i would add is that the first act is a heist film and it's basically michael bay doing an homage to heat in his michael bay way Yes. But the second and third acts are literally speed. But if Michael Bay did speed, if it, people remember the, the, the 90s flick starring Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, directed by uh, Jean de Bont. Um, funny story about this. Uh, Michael Bay, back when you know he was, a, he was a young director back in the 90s wanting to work into feature films, he wanted to make speed so bad. Like, he was begging to get the directing gig on that. And uh, uh, noted DP Jean Dubont eventually was the one hired to direct the film. And the rest is history. You know, it's one of the most... I hesitate to say iconic films of the 90s. It's but, up there. But it's up. It, it's one of those films that, like, kind of kind of went into pop culture history. I mean, yeah. we all we all... Even if we haven't seen the movie like in its entirety, like sat down and watch it. We all know clip like bits and pieces of it. And I feel like Michael Bay's desire to just have a movie that's just one giant chase sequence always stuck with him all these years. And that's probably what attracted him to this script, mm -hmm. uh, to this production. Um, so Jake Gyllenhaal is having a blast as the character of Danny. Uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II He's kind of the he's kind of the straight man of, of the picture. He's this he's this uh, war vet who, you know, just wants to be a good guy, just wants to do right by his family. But he gets kind of roped into uh, this heist. And uh, uh, Isa Gonzalez plays the EMT and she's she's basically the heart of this film. Um, mm -hmm. She's the one who has to do a lot of. Uh, emotional heavy lifting and there is one sequence with her which I'm not going to add a lot just say that it involves a spleen that you know is both darkly hilarious and and incredibly compelling and is due to mainly just the strength of her performance and her believability of it mm -hmm. um, as he mentioned before this is a very very lean script like like if if you were to make a guess, see how how many pages do you think the script was? Hmm. I would say. Do you wait before I answer? Do you actually know how many pages this thing was? Oh, I, I don't. I can't seem to find it. All all I seem to find is that like the Danish script was was very short, like like seventy five pages or something. Well, there's no way this was that, but this I would say was. Probably a hundred pages, maybe a hundred and one, but not 
because like the 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 system you kind of use with script length is you kind of go 75 90 110 120 135 and then from there you just go crazy but i'd say this is probably it's it 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 barely breaks 100 i think if i were to guess hmm okay okay yeah because there's a lot there's a lot of the oddly enough the opening is faster paced than the chase scene now that sounds crazy but hear me out what i mean by that is the chase sequence which is really long has a lot of fast moments but then in between that they're kind of just driving and talking and figuring figuring out what they're going to do next Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of those interspersed throughout the crazy moments the actual fast moment is from the moment he agrees to do the heist to the moment that they're like they get away from the first from the um i guess maybe the first bit of cops that's when things actually weirdly slow down it's just at a steady rhythm that it keeps it Mm -hmm. but it does technically slow down so that's kind of interesting that like i believe the first half of the script is or the the first act is like shockingly short and then it like actually gets a little longer but still barely breaks 100 pages if that yeah so this movie is two hours and 16 minutes and folks let me tell you that's not because there's there's like a ton of of pure dialogue scenes with character growth. This no. is a Michael Bay flick. It's no. two hours and sixteen minutes because of explosions and car cars crashing into each other. And I... <laughs> were you were you surprised at the time of it was when we walked out of the movie theater? I was. Well, what do you mean by surprise? Like, did I think it was too long, or did I think it was short? Well, what I mean is, I went in. Here's how I, here's how I can explain it. I went in, sat down. Time flew by. I walked out, and I realized it was almost midnight. That's all I can say. Um, because we no, saw a late showing, but yeah. Um, no, I wasn't surprised. I I think Michael Bay is because of everything he wants to add into his films. You know, explosions, crazy crane shots, crazy camera swoops. Like that stuff adds up. So mm-hmm. I I don't think we're going to see Michael Bay make a under two hour film for a while. Sure. Uh, something I kind of wanted to talk about since you mentioned the first act. So, folks, um, he's not kidding when he says the first act is really short. Like, so the at the start the start of the they get into the ambulance maybe like what twenty minutes in. Right. Mm -hmm. And in those 20 minutes, they have to establish who Yaya's character, Will Sharp, is. They have to establish Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Danny. They have to establish uh, Isaac Gonzalez's character, um, uh, Cam. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then they they have to introduce. So um, and this isn't a spoiler. There are actually other members who are participating in the heist Mm -hmm. and they get introduced as well. So all this is happening in under, I, I even hesitate to say 10 minutes. <laughs> we go from, uh, from William Sharp t- trying to get uh, experimental surgery for his wife, who I believe has cancer, uh, mm-hmm. trying to get her, trying to get their insurance to cover that experimental surgery, which is what the film literally calls it, experimental surgery. Yeah. Um, and we, we get to, and then him, agreeing to the heist in maybe four minutes it's it's basically it's it's in four minutes and what's funny is 
the uh, and this is the only thing I'll say that really the movie could have taken a, a couple more minutes of time like the what's that actor's name um uh Yahya Abdul-Mateen yeah his character it's like you can tell he's like told to really struggle with the decision whether he's gonna do this it's like Michael, you could have given him another minute to like think about it. Yeah, he he basically. <laughs> it's a little fast. <laughs> Actually, this this is really funny. The you get a sense of Jake Gyllenhaal's character Danny being like the the ham of the film because he basically says, he basically tells uh, Will, "You're my brother. You're my brother." And Will's like, "I don't want to do this. This isn't what I want to do. You're my brother." Oh, okay, I'll do it. That's <laughs> really what it's like. Or here's what it is. It's like. You're my brother. You're my brother. I don't. I'm not doing this. You're my brother. And like, remember, do this for your wife. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. I'll go do this. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. But you don't want to do this. By, by like, the way, in the in this sequence, brother is said maybe forty times. Oh no, it's it's. If you look at it, it's like so. The word heist is maybe said twenty times. Brother is said forty eight times, and like, I don't or the phrase like no or don't or i don't want to do this any of those words once maybe twice (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um but you know kind of talking about the heist uh i know michael bay has a big reverence towards uh michael mann so and you know this many directors as do many directors so uh any any heist film that takes place in la and you know they have to make uh, they have to make some sort of uh, uh, heat homage, and mm-hmm. you know I'm not I'm not saying this was the most subtle and tasteful uh, of those homages. This because is defi- it wasn't. <laughs> because it wasn't. This is definitely Michael Bay's showing you like, hey, if I had made heat in the nineties, this is what it would have looked like. Um, something I, I would like to add, like I I'm I'm someone who pays a lot of attention to editing. Uh, and one of the big critiques people give against Michael Bay is that his editing kind of breaks all the rules of spatial awareness, continuity, and um, you, like you basically basically the the famous Bayham comes from the fact that he throws all these images at you and you're like, okay, at first glance they make sense, but then they don't. Yeah. And you know, obviously, Michael, this is Michael Bay, his 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 preferred style of editing his films does not change Mm -hmm. and that's kind of one of the things you notice about the heist it's incredibly chaotic things are things are happening like in different uh in different spaces of of the uh of the bank and then outside the the bank at the same time and like you're sometimes thinking like wait wait the the rules of reality would mean that like 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 let's say one character is doing one thing in a certain space and then there's just this crazy cut where you know it's now dutch angle low angle and they've moved and you're like it looked like he just jumped from he looked like he just jumped like five feet well um, I'd, I'd give the best example of that is there's a character in the heist who's involved in the heist he has this long blonde hair and what does he wear crocs what was the shoes uh, birkenstocks he wore birkenstocks to the heist and that man can teleport is all I can say. Exactly. Yeah. No, that, that that's exactly who I was thinking. But a lot of other characters, you know, they 
one literally one shot they'll have their rifles pointed at the police who have them cornered and then the next they're kind of running away it's all so confusing but i think that was the intention was that this is so chaotic you you you're you're so delirious over what's going on uh that that your your adrenaline starts running just just from that confusion and and sense of anxiety that you don't have a grasp of what's going on Mm -hmm. uh so i think that was a clever use of kind of that bayhem style of editing and you know i something else i want to add that we haven't touched on that is actually a giant part of this film once you go see ambulance the one of the first things you'll think of once you walk out of that theater is oh wow michael bay discovered drones (laughs) (laughs) the amount of drone shots in this film I would say is probably close to like 55 or 60% of the movie. I have to admit, I'm amazed he hadn't used them sooner. I know. Like, like, so the first drone shot happens, I believe when, uh, Will is driving to, to Danny's, uh, place of, of employment. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of this swooping shot that goes past Will's car, which is actually this pretty boss ass looking, uh, eighties, bronco without without a hood Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just this incredible swooping shot that passes by him and then one of the one of the money shots in the heist is just this like crazy drone shot that goes all the way up to the to the building where the where the bank is located and then just swoops down super fast is that the one that goes vertical down the corner of the building is that yeah yeah that one was i I was fine, but I can imagine that shot making a couple people sick. Yeah. And that's kind of that shot right there was kind of I felt was Michael Bay announcing, guess who has a drone operator? And it's actually pretty funny. I did a little bit of research on this. It turns out that Michael Bay went out of his way to hire like these really young drone pilots, like all in their 20s, who'd just be hungry to like make an impression because he's like. He's like, these young guys want to make such a good impression on me and by extension, the audiences who watch this film, that they were willing to go like the extra mile just to make just to make these crazy shots. And mm. yeah, no, you feel it like yeah. to the to the drone pilots on this production, on this film. Uh, I, I, I don't have the time to be able to properly credit you guys. But yeah, you guys got your money's worth. And uh... <laughs> oh, um, another thing, if I may add. This movie's a little bit woke, and it's not bad. It's good. I wouldn't say it's woke. It's just, you, you know what it is. It's it, Michael Bay getting woke, and I I support it. it sounds I, good I don't me. think he's getting woke. I think he's getting mature. So, I'm, yeah. listen, we we're adults. Mike, Michael hmm. Michael Bay has had this reputation of having this this kind of fratty frat boy like Child mature like at times childlike at times like sense of humor i mean it's one of the big critiques against against some of the more hated transformers films is that his sense of humor is like very childish immature and some would argue just plain bad uh and it's i i I know this sounds really weird to say this is the first michael bay movie i can think of since well well that's not true 13 hours was pretty mature and i mean it had some humor but it was you know mature humor Mm -hmm. appropriate for the story it's telling Mm -hmm. but outside of 13 hours which was based off off a true story this is michael bay's most like 
his most mature film in the sense of its sense of humor is not one that makes you cringe. It's not cringy at all. No. Um, he, he makes jokes. This movie has jokes. But, and, and this is something I love about this movie. All the jokes in this film are consistent with, they're, they're all like kind of this very dark humor type of joke. Something you would see like cause in, in a Coen Brothers movie who and the Coen Brothers being uh, some directors that, a uh, pair of directors that Michael Bay has a ton of reverence for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get those um, racist, uh, uh, Transformers from uh, Revenge of the Fallen. You don't get these, you know, kind of these infamous like ass jokes like you did in Bad Boys Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the humor here is something that you're like, okay, it doesn't throw me out of the film because it, it it's not coming from like the worst of like the Judd Apatow type of comedy, right? Or the, um, I, I would even say, like, sometimes Michael Bay's comedy can be as bad as Friedberg and Seltzer's comedies. Uh, mm-hmm. See, you remember those those two assholes who should never have gotten money to make movies? You know, they made Epic Movie. Oh, uh, yeah, those yeah, guys, okay, those yeah. guys, yeah. That is, so that's more what I, because the thing, I more aligned that kind of humor with what Michael Bay's humor was rather than, um, who, what was the other one you said? Uh, Friedberg and Seltzer? No, before Friedberg and Seltzer. Um, uh, the Coen Brothers? J- Judd Apatow. Oh, Judd Apatow, yeah. I think, you know, Judd Apatow, it, it's it's a little different than that. But yes, the uh, the epic movie types, without a doubt, yes, that's was very much his humor. And he not only toned it down, but he got a little mature with, you know, the types of character. Look, I'll admit, I'll look, I'll say it. There's an openly gay character in the movie that plays a prominent role. And it's... I'm just like, oh, cool. It's not a ridiculously offensive stereotype. It's a real person who is, who actually says some funny things. Uh, yeah. Like his bit with, this may be a little bit spoilery, but there's a joke. There's a joke the movie makes about a bottle of rosé wine. It's And it's actually quite funny. Yes. Um, and again, Jake Gyllenhaal is the giant ham of this picture. And while, you know, maybe not all his like funny one-liners or what were supposed to be funny one-liners hit, uh, at the same pace but they're they're all like they're all ones where you're like okay that's something that works that's not a that's not anything that that's not anything objectionable you know the, no no you know um and something else that i thought that i didn't really notice or actually let me take that back it wasn't until i thought about this film after sitting on it for a couple of days that i realized so in most michael bay movies he kind of gives and he kind of gives the leering camera to attractive actresses to you know the butt shots the shots mm-hmm. of their of their curves you know their busts stuff like that and make no mistake Isa Gonzalez is a beautiful beautiful Mexican woman very beautiful but she's never given that a, a kind of objectifying lens in yeah. this film she you know, we never also, get her, her costume isn't objectifying either, which was a trend in some Michael Bay movies. Yeah, you you don't get that. In fact, I mean, there are not a, there are not a lot of like female roles in this, but no one here is like shot like a stripper. Let's, yeah. let's put it that way. And it's it's refreshing that that, you know, you don't he doesn't have to make a, a war movie to not do that you know yeah and that no i absolutely agree with you i think that was it's he he under he's capable of learning and he showed it and but still maintaining 
the kind of things he wants to make. Yeah, kind of maintaining that aesthetic, which is what people kind of celebrate him for, for better or worse, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, at, like we stated before, the the second and third act are basically one giant chase sequence. And that if, this movie almost has two acts, just two. Yeah, just two. And I, I would agree with you with there, see. And let's 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 be real here. Um, it is in ambulances go fast. Not that fast. <laughs> that, not that fast. <laughs> that, that ambulance had nitrous. Exactly. Um, and, and they justify the by. I, I love how they justify by saying, "Oh, well, it has a V eight engine." And I'm like, okay. No, it doesn't. Well, well, it's so not that kind of V8 engine. Yeah, yeah. They it it it, it does not have a souped up V8. People, yeah. I'm sure you're all aware. Uh, most uh, ambulances don't have a souped up V8 engine, but they they will have like a regular stock V8 engine. But that's how they justify that that thing going so fast, and then <laughs> like to crazy fast. And this is something that was, I mean, for a Michael Bay film, this is actually pretty subtle. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Danny, again played by Jake Gyllenhaal, he works for someone who collects uh, Ford muscle cars, right? And the ambulance is a retrofitted Ford van. Wait, I thought he's the one that collected them. Like he would different collectors. Would no, no, no. Whole, no, 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 uh, no, no, no. His day job is being like a like security for that for that rich person. At least that was my understanding. In, in either I case, he was the rich person. Um, I, I could be wrong. Again, the the first act moved so fast that yeah, there was never true. a lot of clarity on that. Mm -hmm. I, I will say this. So Fords are all associated with Jake and Will, right? Mm -hmm. The police, who actually we haven't talked about, we'll, we'll talk about them later. The police all drive some variation of Chrysler cars. Mm -hmm. uh, Dodge uh, Chargers, Dodge Challengers, Jeeps. And uh, the FBI all drive European cars. Mm -hmm. And I, I really like that subtle thing of like, oh, Ford, good, even though they're bank robbers who have hostages, they're the good guys. And then the cops who all drive Dodge and Jeeps and Chryslers, they're all the, the bad guys. I thought that was that was some, that was some subtle work for uh, for Michael Bay. Now, mm -hmm. The the police are led by Garrett Dillahunt, who oh my god viewers he is that character actor that pops up in so many things. He's been in Zack Snyder films. He's in he was in a Michael Bay film. He was in that Terminator TV series. He was in that comedy Raising Hope. He's been in a lot of stuff. You've at least seen one thing with him in it, and he's that character actor that always brings his A game, no matter how good or bad said project could potentially be and, and i feel like this role he did kind of summarized a lot of what he's been doing for years yeah he he plays like the he plays like the lead detective of this elite squad of of bank bank robber police people police yeah. squad and and he plays the role really well um he's <laughs> so michael bay owns a pair of mastiffs of english mastiffs and I guess in order he loves having his dogs in his films, he gives the Garrett Dillahunt's ca uh, captain character 
one of his mastiffs as his pet, right? I'm, and there's, I'm guessing they interchanged them, like yeah. they did with the Olsen twins back at yeah, in Full yeah. House. But th- there's like a sequence that sets up a joke that's actually pretty funny involving Michael Bay's mastiff that I, I had a lot of fun with. Yeah. Um, this actor, um, this is a very Irish name, Keir O'Donnell plays FBI agent Anson Clark. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's kind of a bit of, of a subversion in the sense that like, First FBI agent in a while in these types of movies that does not come off as a total asshole. In fact, no, he's he's one of the more um, he's smart. He, he, he and he's, he's trying to help. He's smart. You know, he's he's not trying to get in the way of of Garrett Dillahunt's captain character. Um, and but then, don't you find it interesting that the captain character? He did what the audience unconsciously assumed, and that was he assumed that the F- and the FBI agent was going to get in the way, and then was surprised when the FBI agent didn't. Yeah, in fact, he was a bit of a he was he was a bit of a plus to have on his side, you know. Um, and you know, there's there are a lot of like character actors from LA who pop up in this. Mm-hmm. Um, a Martinez, uh, Jose Pablo Cantillo, who was just recently in Mayor of Kingstown, um, and then some. Uh, I, I'm assuming this guy's kind of new to the scene. He plays the wounded police officer, Officer Zach uh, Jackson White. Mm-hmm. Uh, he like he has a lot more to do in the first act because obviously uh, he gets shot and and throughout the rest of the movie he's in and out of consciousness. So most of his stuff is in the first act. Uh, very interesting, like his back and forth with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and a bank teller was quite interesting like people were laughing and also kind of covering their face over just just over what was going to be inevitable that he was going to figure out that oh i'm in the middle of a, of a bank robbery and i actually really liked how he figured it out i don't want to give i'm not going to give it away but it's actually a very clever way he figured it out now uh his partner officer mark is played by this other actor cedric sanders and he basically becomes like the main cop chasing after uh, Will and Danny in a cop car. Uh, we always cut back to him like right on their tail, not wanting to, you know, not wanting, not wanting to lose them, wanting to like n- less so for revenge, but more so because his partner's in the ambulance. He wants to make sure his partner comes out of this alive. Um, he doesn't have a lot to do, but he's able to make his presence known, has mm-hmm. very uh, has a very compelling performance, even though, again, it's kind of just, oh, uh, the the partner wants the partner in the car chasing after them because he, know, wants he wants to save his partner. He wants to save his partner. So I, I, I can definitely see Cedric Sanders and Jackson White kind of sticking around on the scene and probably getting more prominent roles. Uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen's character, Will, his wife is played by this actress named Moses Ingram. And listen, I'll be honest. She has barely anything to do. She basically is there to carry a baby and make you think she has cancer. Yeah. And and listen, to that end, I will admit, like, that's where the stereotype of Michael Bay fell into play a little bit is he that character. And let me be clear. The actress did a great job. She she did exactly what was asked of her and really did a good job in this. But at one point it was like. The way Michael Bay is using this character, it's a touch like a set piece. It's like you've never left the house except for this one scene. And like 
in the time that the entire heist has happened, I don't think you've left this room. I think it's the same room the entire time. Yeah. Except for at the end, then she's in another another moment, and she does that last scene she's in. She's great, but you like, know, I I think she's not in much. You know, see, I I think you'd give her a lot more credit as an actress because she played Lady Macduff in uh, the tragedy oh, of Macbeth. I, I'm aware of that. Um, oh, that's, good, why good, I, good. that's why I said she did everything the role asked of her. And at the end of the day, the role didn't ask for much. Yeah. To, so, let's be honest. It just was a very simple role. But you know, I remember she did a great job. Yeah. Um, but the set the set pieces are why people are going to go see this film. Oh, yeah. And these set pieces are very much are very much the Michael Bay set piece. These kind of fireworks type explosions you know this kinetic editing that makes no sense if you if you watch one shot after another um everything in the foreground everything in the midground everything in the background you know which also is why he was a very good director back when 3d was a big thing you know his mm -hmm. films naturally uh make themselves for 3d didn't, for, for, th for stereoscopic stuff didn't you tell me that did you see did you see Pain and Gain in 3D? Was it a different? No, no. I saw or? Dark of the Moon in 3D, and again, uh. Michael Bay's way of framing is just perfect for 3D. He always has something mm -hmm. in the foreground, something in the midground, something in the background. So mm -hmm. yeah, the um, uh, and again, the music's bombastic, just going bum 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 bum. Mm -hmm. All this, all this stuff that, for better or ill, makes Michael Bay. Michael Bay is in this movie, um, with the added bonus of now just these numerous drone shots that just go crazy, going in through bridges, going in through like rebar, uh, going up into the sky, flying past like these low, low helicopters, like swooping past these cars, these police cars chasing after this ambulance. It's, it's, yeah, it's a lot. And mm -hmm. if you're just the type of person, like, see, you said earlier that this stuff can give people a headache, then Ambulance maybe won't be the movie for you to see on the big screen. Now, if you just, if you love that shit, if you love, like, the things Michael Bay does to make his action uniquely his own, I think this is a movie that, yes, you would want to see in theaters. Maybe not pay the the you know regular price for a movie ticket on the weekend after uh five o'clock but you know like if you know you have like a couple hours to yourself after lunch this is definitely a movie you'd want to watch so going by our grading system i would also call this a, a movie but not just a movie it's a it's a damn fine movie you know mm -hmm. it's not a it's not a movie that i would say is flush definitely doesn't fuck but <laughs> It's 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 a movie that, you know, matinee screening. Why not that? And if, you know, if you happen to not be able to catch it when it's in theaters, this is the perfect movie to watch. If you have like a surround sound system, a 4K TV, you know, for a movie night with like your with your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife. This is actually a great movie to watch with friends. Yeah, this is a great movie to watch with friends. Um, you'll laugh at some of the one-liners Jake Gyllenhaal says. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll <laughs> you'll have a lot of fun with the with the. I'll just say this: you'll have a lot of fun with the thing that happens with the spleen. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the fact that we have to say this in this in this review. Yeah, uh, seeing Garrett Dillahunt just be like this serious captain of an elite police squad is fun he has interactions with uh, this lieutenant who's basically like the uh 
she's basically like the techie of the police. Mm-hmm. She's played by Olivia Stambola. Uh, and she has some one-liners too, directed at Garrett Dillahunt and Kiera O'Donnell. And she's a lot of fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, she's not in the movie a lot, but when she is, it's always with a, with a one-liner. She has, I believe, the better one-liners. Would you agree, C? I would agree, although not, not related to a one-liner, but there is a moment in this movie, and I really don't want to say too much, but I'll put it this way. It involves a song from the 80s, and it's a really funny moment. It's one of the funniest moments in the whole movie. Yeah, the, the, performer, the performance in that sequence sell that. They sell yeah. it so well. And, and actually, it was a great editing choice because, to put it lightly, they compare with what the characters hear and then what other people hear, and it's very funny. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, it's actually one of the better jokes. I, I would say top five jokes in this flick. Um, I'd but, say it, I'd say top either one or two for me. Oh, okay, wow, high praise from C. I did the reason why is it's like it need, you needed to cut that tension with something so silly like that, and yeah. it comes in and it's like this is like the kind of joke you'd see in a Super Bowl commercial, but I love it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's totally true. That's that's very true. So yeah, uh, ambulance. If you love Michael Bay, if you love his style, and you know can take or leave his sense of humor. This is definitely a movie you'd want to watch uh, during the day at a movie theater. Or, you know, hey, if you really, really love Michael Bay, go for the uh, Dolby option in, like, AMC theaters if there's one near you. Uh, because, again, this movie sounds amazing and look, looks amazing on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Now, if that stuff isn't for you, you know, Michael Bay, you got kind of get a headache, the bombastic stuff, like annoys you uh then this might be a movie that you're better off waiting for when it comes out uh, i think this is a universal production this is yeah. going to come out on peacock later in the year so wait for it to come out on peacock have a surround sound system pop some popcorn invite some friends or your your romantic partner over and you know laugh at the silly things laugh at like the crazy drone shots and like just go oh shit when you see like the things people are willing to throw at a fucking L.A. ambulance. Yeah. Now, I'll also add, since anyone listening can tell that I'm less of the Michael, I'm less of a Michael Bay fan than Al is. And I don't hate Michael Bay by any stretch of the imagination. I think, I think Armageddon's great. I think the first Transformers is great. Um, I think Bad Boys, the Bad Boys franchise is a great time. So I, I don't, I do not hate Michael Bay. I just, I don't hold him up as a level of inspiration for myself. But to anyone out there that's really never been on the Michael Bay bandwagon, but you are, you have the slightest inkling of interest that you might want to give him another shot. This is actually a great reintroduction to his work. It really is. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, right. it's just right. It's just yeah. Right. No, the, the this is this is probably the best movie to introduce people to. Um, just be like, hey, this is this is the stuff he does, and you can also say, you know, The Rock and Bad Boys and Thirteen Hours is this is more of the same if you really like it, and then mm-hmm. kind of go like, oh well, Transformers and stuff like that. Some people don't like this the humor in it. Some people don't like the 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 cgi orgies that happen in those movies and to that you can say that the humor is genuinely better in this movie oh yeah the this has the the most mature humor of any michael bay film i think we've we've said that many times already in this review so uh yeah see any any last words 
Um, no, I think I've said all I need to say. All right. All right. So, yeah, I think we both gave it it's a movie. I gave it it's a fine movie. And you gave it what? I said it's a, it's, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. All right. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, stay tuned for our next review and hope you all guys all have a great time listening to us talk about these these movies that, you know, maybe you want to see and maybe you don't. So uh, have a have a great night. Good night, everybody.